Hi, I'm Mina. And I'm Roisin. And we're your hosts for Anthropology Stories. If you like history, literature, social anthropology, if you've ever wondered what influence certain stories have on the cultural and historical settings around you, you've come to the right podcast. This is our very first episode, so welcome. This is a literary anthropology podcast where we are exploring the roles that literature plays in social and individual experiences on the social, cultural, and historical settings. Literary anthropology asks what literature is and explores different kinds of genres and expressions and how these genres relate culturally. So while this is a stimulating topic... There are a few things we should get out of the way before we dive right into this. A good basis to start would be to define what we mean when we say culture. We're using the term under the definition, the beliefs and ways of life for a group of people. Now, the one that I'm going to have trouble with is the social and cultural anthropology. This is not my specialty. It is Mina's. But from what she's told me, uh, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it's the branch of anthropology concerned with the study of human societies and cultures and their development. Eh? Yeah, that's exactly it. Anthropology, social anthropology looks at cultures in any part of the world at any given moment, past and present. Good. Given my level of experience, it is best to let you guys know that this is not an advanced level podcast. This is not a scary podcast where we're going to expect you to know exactly what we're talking about, exactly when we're talking about it, what historical happenings are occurring at exactly that time. If you're a casual listener, someone who wants to learn some of the basics, occasionally get into the dirty details, or are just wanting something to listen to in the car, that's the kind of podcast we're aiming for, right? Yeah, you could be an anthropology student, you could be a high school student, you could be a stay-at-home mom who wants to learn, you could be somebody who loves to read and wants to know about the background of the books you're reading, say Harry Potter, um, Game of Thrones, and those are topics that we will discuss later on. So we want to let people know that it's not a scary place. We will give terms and definitions that we think are important for listeners, But we're not going to go like crazy hardcore into the subject where people don't understand what we're talking about. Wicked. Okay, so tell me what anthropology is, Mina. Okay, so for layman like Roisin here, according (laughs) to Merriam-Webster, the study of human beings and their ancestors through time and space. And I told you that was the definition. I went to school for the definition. She didn't believe me that it was that broad. I'm used to a more concise definition of certain topics um, for my experience for English, um, which is why I can define what we mean by literature, which is the written works, uh, especially those considered of superior or lasting artistic merit, the books and writing published on a particular subject. And like I said, just a more concise definition that's not through space and time, Doctor Who. Yes. So anthropology is built upon stories, which is a part of culture and has an ethical obligation to present an accurate account of information through ethnography. 
This is the study of people and cultures designed to explore cultural phenomena where the researcher observes society from the point of view of the subjects of said study. This is achieved by a multitude of ways. The first is the use of literary texts as ethnographic source material, particularly for historical anthropologists. The second is the use of literary modes of writing ethnography, ranging from the incorporation of metaphorical language and the subversion of conventional ethnographic structures to the production of fiction as ethnography. The third is the anthropological examination of literary, cultural, and production practices. This includes the role that writing plays in processing knowledge, what kinds of expressions anthropology should adopt, the relationship between anthropology and narrative. This field relies on truth to differentiate between fact and fiction. This might seem at odds when you look at the literature of a culture or a society and see a solid foundation in mythos. Writers often borrow from nonfiction and rework truth to become a new truth in their own world. Historical fiction is a really good example of this. It's based on real people, it's set during a real time period, and there are real scenarios happening around the characters. But they are manipulating it to become something new. They're adding a second essence or a second layer to certain characters that through a standard reading of historical portrayal they become two-dimensional. Wolf Hall by Hilary Martel, which we can get into a later date, does this when it references Thomas Cromwell and goes more in-depth in a personality-wise with him. This is just essentially how anthropology relates to stories. Not just books, but TV shows, and they borrow from cultural mythos and events throughout history. Like Game of Thrones, Martin subscribes to hu hugely from the War of the Roses, uh, the Battle for the English Throne by the Lancasters and the Yorks. Martin even admitted that his idea for the Red Wedding was inspired by two events from Scottish history. I didn't know that. Yeah, I like. I definitely know it was from one um, event, but I didn't yeah. actually realize it was based on two. So the second one was a really big surprise. The one that I recalled right off the bat was called the Black Dinner. Uh, the King of Scotland was fighting the Black Douglas clan. He reached out to make peace, and he offered the young Earl of Douglas safe passage. He came to Edinburgh Castle, had a great feast, and then at the end of the feast, the king's men started pounding on a single drum. The reins of Castamere, anyone? They brought out a covered plate and put it in front of the Earl and revered it that it was the head of a black boar, the symbol of death. And as soon as he saw it, the Earl knew what it meant. And they ended up dragging the Earl and his clan out into the courtyard and put them to death. The second one that surprised me was in apparently even a bigger scene than the Black Dinner, and it was called the Glencoe Massacre. And Clan MacDonald stayed with the Cl Campbell clan overnight, and the laws of hospitality supposedly applied. But the Campbells arose in the middle of the night and started butchering every MacDonald they can get their hands on. Medieval times were really big on laws of hospitality, or in Martin's stories for Game of Thrones, the laws of bread and salt. Okay, that's actually really cool. Um, I didn't know that. And this is just one example where history meets literature. We will delve into different stories and how they are influencing the day-to-day -day life of the time period, how they were recorded in, and how the influence echoes into modern times, like Little Red Riding Hood, 
Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, etc. So please join us for our first official episode in the upcoming weeks where we dig our teeth into fairy tales and the fascinating phylo, what was it, phylogeny? Phylogeny. Phylogeny that reverberates throughout numerous cultures. And we will see you next Tuesday!